Hey, everybody. Welcome to another awesome episode of the Headstrong Podcast. I'm your favorite host, Danielle Mills Walden. Today, I'm super excited for the guests that we have on today. We have Kathy Davis. Kathy Davis is a plant-based accountability and empowerment coach. She's the CEO of Veg Inspired and the author of three cookbooks. Kathy empowers high achieving professionals to elevate their energy by adopting healthy living habits so they can step into their genius and crush their ambitions. Kathy has been eating and creating vegan meals for more than seven years. And over the past two years, she's shifted her daily habits to follow a whole food plant-based lifestyle. She experienced amazing results, renewed energy, and a newfound sense of joy and a healthier mind and body. Her brand, Veg Inspired, is dedicated to providing high-achieving professionals and entrepreneurs with the resources to make a similar transformation. She's so eager to to guide others on their journey, to step into their genius and crush their dreams. Super excited for this conversation that I had with Kathy. We talk about so many amazing things. Ultimately, I left the episode feeling very, very hungry and wanting to try a lot of her different recipes. So let's get right into it. Before we get started, just a couple of words from our sponsors. Guys, we are supported by Clientele Skincare. This cruelty-free brand I have been using for almost a year now, and I have really seen the change in my skin. You guys know I really struggled when it comes to, you know, taking off my makeup at the end of the day or having a dedicated skincare routine. And I really gave clientele skincare my all for the past couple months. And they have been amazing. My skin is glowing. They have the best masks. All of their products are cruelty free. And all you got to do is go to clientelebeauty.com for the best skincare since 1979. Use my promo code HEADSTRONG10 for 10% off. Again, it's HEADSTRONG10. That's going to give you 10% off all of the amazing skincare that they have. This podcast is sponsored by J-Lux Label. You guys know how much I love J-Lux Label. Literally like 70 to 80% of my whole closet is J-Lux Label. And you know why? Because this brand has such an amazing quality. Their pieces are so unique and they really do have great things for taller women. That has always been my struggle is being able to find pants and pants and jeans and jumpsuits and dresses that are really going to be able to look nice on me in my five foot 10 frame. So just want to say that JLux label is phenomenal for that. They were founded by two sisters and they're really changing the game in their, in what they're doing. So all you have to do is go to jluxlabel.com and plug in your email to unlock 10% off of your next order, or you can go ahead and get their uh, app, which is awesome. And it's just JLux label. They are always coming out with new pieces. So go ahead and check them out. (laughs) 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to another awesome episode of the Headstrong Podcast. I'm your favorite host, Danielle Mills Walden. I'm super excited because we have a very, very special guest today. She's going to talk about a lot of things that I'm really interested in because I'm trying to get my health and my food together. But we have the CEO of Veg Inspired on. Her name is Kathy Davis. Kathy, welcome to the show. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And I love that we're going to tackle topics that are going to help you, you know, really leverage the power of food. That's, that's what I love to talk about. So I'm excited to be here. Yes, we are so excited. So before we kind of get started, would you mind just kind of giving us like an overview of kind of how you got to where you are today? And then we'll kind of dive in from there. Absolutely. Fun story, I was a huge resistor to plant-based eating. About eight years ago, my husband brought it, brought it up in a dinner conversation. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Not giving up burgers, I'm not giving up blue cheese dressing. I'm not giving up all my favorite things. Like you've lost your mind. And it took me about eight months to really make the transition from standard American diet, eating all the things I loved, all the things I grew up on to really focusing on a vegan way of living. And I always kind of emphasize that because for me, veganism wasn't just food. So when I talk about vegan, it's more about lifestyle. When I talk about plant-based, it's more about food. And it took about eight weeks, eight months of trying plant-centered meals, sauces made from cashews, sauces made from my favorite vegetables, really leveraging, you know, potatoes and and foods that I was familiar with. And the more of those foods I ate, the easier it was for me to realize and embrace that I wasn't giving things up. It was more about exploring new options. So about eight months in, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'll go vegan. There was a pivotal moment and I just kind of adopted it overnight after an eight month transition. So nothing ever happens overnight. There's always that background of all the things that happens with any goal or any lifestyle change or situation. It always is, you know, there's always something happening behind the scenes. And I, I loved it. I loved all, I mean, eight years ago, there were hardly, there not, there were hardly, there were not nearly as many vegan products on the market. And now there's tons of them. So, you know, I, I really got sucked in to all those vegan foods. And I found myself in, you know, I went plant-based for health and then found myself eating vegan junk food. So about two, a little over two years ago, I really had a wake up call um, with a, you know, I had stepped on the scale and had a wake up call that I was at my highest weight ever, even though I was eating a vegan diet. And I realized I was eating a vegan diet of lots of processed foods, lots of, you know, takeout, lots of dining out. And I felt terrible, terrible. And I never really associated it with how I was eating. You know the things, but until you really start living it, you don't really accept it as a way of life. So I made a kind of drew a line in the sand and said, I'm cleaning up the way that I'm eating. I'm going to follow more of this whole food, plant-based, mostly unprocessed way of eating. And within six months, I'd lost 40 pounds. I gained a tremendous amount of energy. I was excited to get back in the kitchen and cook. I was excited to film recipe videos. I was commissioned to write my first cookbook. I mean, things just started to happen because I was building a version of myself that made healthy foods a priority. And so that's kind of in a nutshell where we, where we've gone, the, where I've gone like the last eight years, it's like a nutshell story. 
Wow. No, I just love that you, you know, kind of talked about how, you know, when you, you know, we were vegan, you were adopting this lifestyle, but there was definitely a period of time where you were eating a lot of processed foods or what you call vegan, like fast, like fast food. And I think that's a big misconception that's out there that when people say like, oh, I'm going to go vegan or I'm going to go vegetarian. And they think that just by doing that, they're going to be, be healthy. What would you say are some of like the examples of things that would be considered unhealthy vegan items? Cause I'm sure a lot of our listeners think that they're being healthy by picking these items off the shelf at the grocery store or on the menu, but really they're not the best for them. Absolutely. Um, one of the big realizations for me about vegan food is it is healthier than animal products, right? Low, no cholesterol in, in, in plant-based foods, cholesterol is really found in animal-based foods, um, low in, lower inflammation. But what happens is in order to create a vegan mock product or a fake vegan food, we process it, mm. right? Veggie burgers are loaded with processed ingredients. And, you know, if you think about it, it kind of is the same path for, for gluten-free. Gluten-free used to mean like eating more of the whole foods, eating more of the potatoes, the non-gluten non-processed foods that those of us who ate gluten ate, right? Pastas, breads, crackers, things like that. But then the, the gluten-free products hit the market and now they're processed gluten-free, just like processed vegan. So some examples that I, I've shifted away from are the really, really processed vegan foods. And I, you know, I'm always hesitant to say names because I don't want anybody to think I'm like bashing these brands. Like the fact that we have vegan products at Burger King is amazing. Like what, what a time to be alive that you can drive through a fast food restaurant and get a vegan burger. That doesn't make, make it healthy, just like we know fast food in general is not healthy. Right. So, you know, the, the Uber processed cheeses. And I always say, if you read an ingredient label <laughs> and you don't recognize ingredients, it's likely processed beyond what you recognize, right? There's a difference between processed sliced vegan cheeses and a cheese sauce made from almonds and nutritional yeast and peppers and, you know, maybe some spices. So I, considering the difference in the ingredients on the label, considering the level of processing, um, and don't get me wrong, I love those, those burgers and I love all of that, but now I tend to turn more towards a vegetable-based burger or a burger with ingredients that I can, that I can pronounce and that I recognize. That's, that's kind of my distinguishing factor. And I also cut out oil, which was a huge hmm. change. And I follow the, the research of Dr. McDougall, Dr. Greger, a lot of the plant-based doctors that say oil is extremely damaging to our, the endothelial lining of our, our blood vessels, you know, our heart, like it, it's very, very detrimental. And the irony is they label those things heart healthy, but what we find is you know, I always say it's a healthier than situation, right? Olive oil is probably healthier than vegetable oil, which is probably healthier than bacon fat. But when you get down to the question, is this the healthiest option? For me, I would much rather eat the whole avocado than use avocado oil or add some olives to my salad than use, you know, olive oil. So I just consider oil as like a processed food. And so I've reduced that from my, from my cooking at home. Wow. That really was eye-opening to me because as you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, I use so many different types of oils when I'm cooking. Like, do you have any 
alternatives that somebody can use when like, you know, cooking on the stove, sauteing, like anything that we could use in place of oil, that would be better because you, you blew my mind open. I didn't even realize that that was super bad. <laughs> Definitely. And it, it really takes a process. I mean, it, it really takes some practice, I suppose, to, to cook without oil because we're used to it. You know, we're used to turning on the pan, dropping in some oil, throwing those onions in and hearing them sizzle. Yep. And what I love to say is grab some onions and let's practice. So if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I want to try this without oil. This is a step-by-step. You'll probably have to, you know, rewind and listen to it again. I tend to talk a little fast. We heat our pan to about medium high heat. Uh, we use, we use cast iron. So there is the seasoning with oil, but we don't cook in oil, but you can also use any nonstick skillet, heat it up to medium heat, throw your onions in here, the sizzle. And then the goal here is a little bit of browning, a few splashes of water or vegetable broth. I use about a tablespoon at a time Mm. to release the onions from the pan, but still allow them to get brown. A lot of recipes, plant-based recipes will say, add the water and the onions at the same time. And people will come to me and be like, that doesn't give me the flavor I want. And I'm like, yes, it doesn't because you're basically steaming them. We want to get that brown, that sizzle and then release them from the pan so they don't burn. So it's, it's a practice process. And I say use onions because they're fairly cheap. You can caramelize them up. You can let them get a little brown, add some veggies, add some veggie broth, make a soup. You know, it's not like they'll go to waste, but mm-hmm. if you do burn them, you start to learn and, and really give yourself time to practice because you'll start to notice the the flavor, you know, maybe you do the onions for a little bit and then you throw in some mushrooms and it gets that deep umami flavor in the onions. And now you've got this mushroom onion goodness and there's no oil. And then my tip for roasting. So I love the crunch that veggies get in the, in the oven. So I actually roast my veggies dry, usually 400, 425, put all the veggies on a nonstick baking sheet or on parchment paper and then roast them until they get like the brown crispies. And then if you're like, but I need a little flavor, then toss them in maybe an oil-free sauce, drizzle on a little barbecue, maybe some seasoned rice vinegar or some balsamic vinegar, you know, leveraging more of the power of some plant-centered sauces and spices and um, flavorings. Some people like to toss the, um, the veggies in veggie broth before they roast them, but then you really have to pay attention to make sure they don't burn. Right. Sometimes the veggie broth broth burns a little. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to try this because are you basically saying like, if I get some veggie broth, I can start leveraging that instead of oil and using that to kind of cook food with, I'm definitely going to try that because, um, I'm cooking a lot lately and I've been using a lot of different oils and I'm thinking like, wow, if I you know, substitute that, what would that look like? Fun fact about me that you didn't know, I actually was a vegan for almost a year back in, I want to say 2018. I did like a year or year and a half of it. But back when I did it, I wasn't very creative and it was very basic. And I was eating like an entire frozen bag of vegetables and then like some rice and some beans, like it was so boring. And I feel like now there's so many amazing recipes and creative things to do. So what advice would you give to somebody who's considering being vegan or trying more plant-based and having options to keep it creative? So I have a couple pieces of advice for that. One, start with familiar foods. 
So one of, and I, I mentioned this in my, in my intro story, one of the big things that helped win me over is we turned common ingredients that I already loved into plant-based options. So we made potatoes as a taco filling. Mm. So we take cubed white potatoes, simmer them in a little bit of veggie broth and taco spices, and then use them as a taco filling. When you use foods that you're familiar with, there isn't a resistance or a fear of the foods that are vegan, right? You're not trying a vegan cheese or trying a vegan meat substitute or trying tofu or tempeh, which can be very frightening early on, right? I didn't like, I was crazy. I didn't like beans when I started eating this way. I didn't like tofu. I didn't like tempeh. And I've come full circle in these eight years. But you have to give yourself grace. You have to give yourself time. So that was tip number one. Start with familiar foods and then recreate them into something different. We've even gone as far as taking taking sweet potatoes and cutting them into wedges, baking those, tossing them with a little bit of um, soy sauce, lime juice, and taco seasoning, and using those as a taco filling. Mm-hmm. So looking at ways that you can take foods you already enjoy and turning them into something that you can add a different twist on. That's tip number one. Tip number two is don't overwhelm yourself with a dozen new recipes every week. Because there's, you know, I I work with clients all the time that say, I can't meal plan like you. I can't, I get so distracted when I look at cookbooks. And I said, wait, I was the same way. What I want you to do is I want you to say, okay, Tomorrow, I want a taco recipe. You'll hear me talk about tacos because they're my favorite. So (laughs) go to the index and look at the different taco recipes in your cookbook. Don't start at the beginning and go through breakfast when you're not looking for breakfast recipes. So really look at ways that you can leverage the index of the book to find the ingredients. If you are a CSA member or you go to a farm market and you have a, a head of cauliflower or beets that you need to use. Go to the back of the book and then look through and see what cauliflower recipes. You know, for me, I love to roast cauliflower and funny, use it in tacos, but I also like to make it as a filler for a bowl. So maybe I do brown rice or quinoa, add some roasted cauliflower, maybe some fresh spinach, some beans, drizzle on a little barbecue sauce, kind of toss it together and I have a nice barbecue bowl. Or... You know, maybe it's a sweet potato baked with black beans and uh, some maybe some peppers and onions sauteed in the veggie broth method that we talked about and some guacamole. So looking at ways that you can use foods that you already like, but adding a twist. So maybe it's like a, you know, stuffed potato with, with taco filling, or maybe it's chili served over brown rice or potatoes. So just looking at ways that you can use um you know, add some creativity without reinventing the wheel or getting distracted by all the recipes that you have to get to before you get to what you're actually looking, looking for, for inspiration. I really love that. And as you were talking, I was getting so hungry because everything you said sounded so good. And I'm like, wow, I didn't think of that. But to your point, it's so beneficial when you have a cookbook to look at the, I didn't even think of that, to look at the back of the cookbook, see you know, what items do you have in your fridge that may go bad if you don't use them and and get them into a recipe? Because that's the fear with a lot of people of, oh my gosh, I'm going to have so much fresh produce in my, in my refrigerator. I have to eat that quickly. If not, it's going to go bad. And there's kind of like this, 
how do I kind of measure that? So I appreciate you kind of diving into that piece, but I kind of want to peel back the layers to find out what type of mindset did you have to have to go from, you know, eating the way you were eating to being vegan. And then, you know, you had this period of time where you lost a significant amount of weight. And a lot of people struggle when it comes to, you know, setting a goal for themselves and kind of following through with it. So can you talk about the kind of mindset you had to have to push through this being a mindset podcast? I'm really intrigued to hear kind of what, what you went through, what that process was like. This is probably my favorite question I've ever been asked on a podcast because mindset was everything. Going vegan, it was really about reframing the way that I looked at foods. I really had to take a step back and say, you know, I grew up in a meat potatoes household. My dad was a hunter. I mean, I am like the, you know, the anomaly, anomaly in my family. Um, and I really had to start reframing my, the way I thought about food. What does that look like? But going from the vegan junk food. And I, I wasn't always junk food. Like I did try to eat healthy, healthy some of the time, but that shift to and a half, two little over two years ago, really to follow that weight loss path after the encounter with the scale was really a change in mindset from the, I want to lose weight. This is a diet to, I want to be the person who chooses whole foods. I want to be the person who makes the choice to eat the foods that are going to make me feel the best, the foods that are going to help me with weight management, the foods that I know are the healthiest. And I'll tell you, there was, fortunately for my, for me, my husband and I are on the same page and he was super supportive and he was like, heck yeah, let's, let's eat healthier. Let's, let's make this a way of life. But there was a moment in time where my old mindset came back and we were, a, we were a week into eating this way. We'd made the decision at the end of November. We went to Whole Foods, which now we can shop at any grocery store because we eat potatoes, beans, rice, veggies, fruit that's accessible at any grocery store. But early on, we thought the only way to eat healthy was to eat at these, you know, the gourmet, the gourmet shops and the health food stores. Um, but we were all stocked up. We were headed to Key West. And I said, you know, maybe we should start after Key West. And he said, I bet you can find a reason to start next week, every week. He said, this isn't about being perfect. This is about a lifestyle where we choose to eat the foods that make us feel the best. And in that moment, that was the shift. That was the mindset shift that I needed. I needed to stop worrying about the next event, the diet, the the restriction, the calorie, like all of that. And I needed to just focus on making eating whole plant foods most of the time my daily habit. And that's been the shift. I've been a yo-yo dieter my entire life. I struggled with my weight. I was the one that would plan in, you know, eat all the zero point foods and then binge like crazy at night. That's not, none of that's sustainable. And that one shift, that one piece of information about making it the daily habits versus the, the diet, the start again Monday, the fall, the, all of that's what I needed. And I know how relatable that is because I talk about it with so many clients that they're like, oh, I failed this weekend. I'll just start again Monday. And I'm like, no, you won't. You're going to pick yourself back up and we're going to start right now. What's the next meal that you can eat? 
that aligns with your goals. And they're always like, thank you so much because I would have gone down that slippery slope. I would have continued to allow myself. And that's the shift. That's the mindset shift that, that we need. And honestly, that's the mindset shift a lot of us need when we're changing our lifestyle or any change, major change in our life is how can I make this a way of life versus how can I do this just until I reach that goal? Oh, I love that answer. And I, I can totally relate to so many of your, your clients who, when they feel like, oh, I fell off, I'm just going to start again next week. When with this type of, you know, industry, it's literally just like, what's the next meal? Literally your very next meal can be the shift that you needed to get you back on track. And I think that that's awesome that you're kind of putting that framework in place for them because it's so easy for people to just, oh, I'll do it next month or I'll do it in six months. And it's like, ah, then you go for these longer periods of time with a bad habit. It's that much harder to break that habit. So I think that it's so cool that you've been able to really change and, and, and change a lot of people's mindset around that. Is this something that you do all the time with your company? Kind of talk a little bit more about Veg Inspired and how we can learn more about, about what you guys do on the day-to-day. Absolutely. So Veg Inspired was designed to be a platform to inspire people to eat more plants. Even way back in 2015, the first post I wrote, it was really about changing the way that we looked at food and really looking at how we can add more plants to our meals. It's expanded, right? Over the last six and a half, seven years, I've I've shared all these recipes. I've, I've shared all these, these content. I've spoken. I've authored cookbooks. But I found my true passion in coaching. And as a former school teacher, you know, I knew that I wanted to serve people. I just didn't know that, I didn't know then that it would evolve into adults and really that empowerment and inspiration to eat more plants. So on a day-to-day basis, we're really looking at ways that we can, you know, help others leverage the power of food to reach their personal and professional goals, whether it's weight management, or honestly, energy to run their business. Because the Kathy two years ago when I started didn't even want to get up and shoot a recipe video. And now I run an international coaching business, authored three cookbooks, all while traveling the United States in an RV. So think about like when you plan your vacation, right? It's a lot of planning. Well, I do that day in and day out to to travel the United States, living my dream life. But you know, one of the big things that we talk a lot about in in the academy and a lot of really my philosophy around all of this is it really is about intention and going back to the whole mindset piece, like what's your intention for eating more plants? For me, early on, like my sole intention was to become the person who could walk at the national parks that we see, who could lose the weight and build the confidence. And so when I was faced with a decision, I had to say, which of these foods aligns with my goal? Which one am I intentionally choosing to eat? And a lot of times we don't take that, we don't pause long enough to ask ourselves. We're like, ooh, Oreos, they're vegan, I'll have some of those. And we don't even think, does that align with my goal? The other thing I see a lot of people do that, that we work on a lot in the academy is the like moderation. And I'm all for, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not about perfection. But what I've found with moderation is it creates the habit. So if you say to me, I love Oreos, I'm going to eat Oreos, I'm just going to buy a pack and I'll eat two every day. At the end of the pack, you've now created a habit of eating two Oreos every day. But if you're like, I love Oreos, but I don't need them every day, 
But when I go on my next road trip, I'm going to grab one of those four packs or six packs from the gas station. And I know they're going to cost a little bit more, but I'm going to intentionally eat that. I'm going to enjoy it. And then I'm going to pivot back to the way that the foods that align. And it really is that shift because that moderation creates habit. And what happens is we get sucked into that. And the only way to rewrite that is to retrain the way we think. So we do a lot of that in the academy. I talk a lot about that, even in even just on Instagram and in my posts, I really want to, you know, teach people about habit development, but also about intention and, and really moving past the fear, right? So the cookbooks all bust one of the plant-based myths, time, difficulty, and budget. And so each of the cookbooks kind of addresses that. And that's really what we've, what we've designed with Veg Inspired is a place to inspire people to take that next step, to take that action. So we aren't really like the go vegan, the go vegan company. We're like the eat more plants company. I love that because you can reach such a wide array of people because, you know, there's so many influencers and companies out there that are really pushing like a go vegan, go vegan, or even go raw vegan, which is another level of intensity. Um, and it's like, people can look at that and, and see the results and it's admirable, but for somebody to really completely change their life and do it to that extent is a lot. So I love the fact that your whole company's motto is just, you know, how can we eat more vegetables? How can we get more of that into our diet? And that meets anybody where they are, where they are right now, which I think is really, really awesome. Um, talk a little bit more about these cookbooks. Well, let's, let's go back. What was it like writing a cookbook? What was the hardest thing that you experienced in that process? I'm an author myself and I just remember, you know, all the work all the time, but I can't imagine like with a cookbook having to like align the writing piece, but then also the recipes. I'm really curious. And this is my own fun question of just what was that like and kind of any obstacles that you had to overcome? It was really intense. The, so cookbook number one is the 30 minute whole food plant-based cookbook. And I wrote that during the pandemic. So we were parked in one campground, thankfully for seven months. So it was through the duration of that whole cookbook. And I'll say that being in one place was extremely helpful because the next two cookbooks I was moving. And so I was at different grocery stores, which really changes the availability and your knowledge of a grocery store. Um, the, the cookbook process is pretty intense. These were written in with, a, with six to eight week deadlines. So that means 13 to 18 recipes a week. A lot of them had to be, you know, obviously tested multiple times. So they go, they go to the editor, um, in segments and then they get retested. My recipe testers tested them. I had to make edits. It was very intense and we ate a lot. <laughs> I, I, I'll never forget the one, the, like the one day that stands out to me is I, I was actually working at the campground for about five hours a day, four days a week, just to, to kind of, you know, try something new while I wrote a cookbook. I, I agreed to work at the campground before the cookbook. So it was an interesting process. So I, I got home at five and I was like, okay, I got 10 recipes I need to test today, which sounds like a lot because how many of you want to cook 10 recipes in a day? But most of them were soups. So I could just, I could just cook it, move it into a pan, add the next one. And the last one I cooked was a French onion soup, which did not meet the 30 minute timeline. It took me four, over 45 minutes just to get the onions to the, to the, where I wanted them before I added the rest of the ingredients. It actually ends up in a later cookbook because it didn't have the time 
the time uh, regulation or parameter. But it was 1.15 in the morning when I finished that recipe. So I was eating French onion soup at about 1.30 in the morning. And I'm thinking, this is like real life cooking cookbooks. Um, my favorite part, I would say, was the creativity and, and being able to dig into different ways to use vegetables, different ways to make things taste differently. And also, I really tried to blend both recipes that used nuts, but also nut-free recipes, because there's so many people that have allergies and, you know, maybe they're allergic to soy, they're not allergic to nuts, maybe they're allergic to nuts, not soy. So I always have different options in the books, and that really helped me learn how to flavor and, and bring in those other ingredients that would, would help people, you know, meet those old, those nostalgic recipes that that they were used to. And, and that was also fun is, is tapping into my own history, my own childhood and, and pulling up some recipes. So all of the recipes in all three cookbooks are exclusive to their, to their cookbook. There's no duplicates from me. There's also no duplicates from Veg Inspired to any of the books. So that's, you know, it allows people to have an actual like three, three resources with different recipes, which is what I was just one of the things I wanted, but also the fact that they bust the myths because we get so sucked into why we can't do something, but gosh, if you can throw together a recipe in 30 minutes because you're not cooking meat that has to reach a certain temperature or you're able to buy some produce that's already prepared or some canned beans or leveraging, you know, dried organic spices, it, it really gives packs in the flavor without the time component. And that, that was a huge win with that book. Um, so the second book, was the super easy plant-based cookbook. And that was where I fell in love with sheet pan meals. What's that? My sheet pan, my sheet pan and my parchment paper became my best friend. Because I could throw the, I could put the, them in the oven. They would cook for 30, 40, whatever minutes. And then I could check them. And then I would have a meal. Everything could be put together. Everything could be roasted. Some things would go in first and then you'd pull it out, flip it over add some other ingredients, but it, it takes the constant monitoring out of the equation. So I always say that's great for busy people who have access to an oven, who, you know, could maybe work at the kitchen table or help kids with homework while they're, while they are, you know, cooking dinner, but not having to stand over the stove and stir, stir, stir. So I love the, there's, there's a uh, fajita recipe and also a, a taco recipe because again, I love tacos. Both of those are sheet pan and I just, I just love them. They're, they're exciting for me. Oh my gosh. I love that. I, I love the idea of being able to like build on something like where you put something in the oven and then pull it out. You get to put, add some more stuff to it. And then at the end you have like a complete meal, like you said. And I think that that's going to be huge for so many listeners who are super busy on the move. Don't have time to be monitoring. Like you said, you mentioned a couple of times and I'm really intrigued that you are, you know, in a campground and on the move. Can you talk to me a little bit about like, I guess you're living in an RV, living your dream life. You said, what is that like? And it's really interesting. So I'm intrigued to hear about this. Well, that that's a whole mindset conversation that we could have too. Um, yeah. So three years ago, pre-pandemic 2018, early 2018, my husband and I got the wild idea that maybe we wanted to, um, wanted to redo our kitchen in our house. And that ended up evolving into, why don't we just buy a kitchen on wheels and travel the United States? 
definitely a longer journey than that. But in 2018, October of 2018, we sold our house in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and hit the road in a fifth wheel RV with our cat. We have been from Pennsylvania to Key West to New York, all the way to Montana and 27 states in between in, in all of those travels over the past three years. And people think it's wild, right? Like, holy cow, two grown adults working great jobs, living in their, like we literally lived in our dream house. It had everything we wanted, you know, first floor bedroom, walkout basement, second floor balcony. I mean, it had everything, big kitchen, big island. We loved it. In the suburbs of Pittsburgh, we had great jobs. Our cars were leased. Like we were living the quote unquote American dream. Something was missing, and we really had to tap into that. And vacation time and being able to explore the United States, that was, that was what was missing. We wanted to be able to go to places like national parks, cities with vegan restaurants, and really explore them with intention and integrity. And that wasn't, that wasn't working with our nine-to-five jobs at the time. And my husband still works for the same company in Pittsburgh. They were amazing and allowed him to work remotely. Now the whole company is remote. And I worked, I did some transition work from full-time to part-time and then, you know, transitioned my job over to an existing employee. And so I've been able to run Veg Inspired full-time for about, about two years. And I love it. It, right now, I'm, I want you to picture it. It's a beautiful, sunny Florida. We're backed in, in this little campground on the Gulf Coast with a waterfront view where the sun sets every day and under the shade of a palm tree. I mean, it's, it's a dream life. Not every place is going to be perfect. RV life isn't perfect. It's definitely not cheaper than living in a house, but it gives us the flexibility and freedom to explore the United States in, in a way that we can thrive with our cats, not having to take vacation time and really do the things we love, which is biking and hiking. And we, we picked up kayaking when we were in Montana and, and really just exploring. I think that's just so awesome because there's so many people that are so tied to their location or or they're so tied because of their job. And I think with the pandemic happening and kind of the world shifting, so many companies are now allowing a more remote way of, of doing things. And I think it's cool. You guys were able to do that before it became a thing, but now there's so many, you know, ways to be remote or to live with certain jobs, you know, to live anywhere. And I think it's so cool that you're able to kind of travel the whole U S and see everything. And, you know, who drives it? Like, do you guys take turns? Now we have, so we have a big, huge truck and then we, you know, we tow the camper behind it. And my husband does all the driving. I'm the navigator. I'm the one that climbs in the back if the cats are crying. It's, you know, I'm the one preparing the snack (laughs) if we need to eat, but it's, it's amazing. Um, Like I said, it's not, it's not perfect. It wasn't ever about being perfect. It was about being free. And that's, it was about writing our own American dream and that, and that's really what we've done. No, I think that's so awesome that, you know, with this company you've created, you're able to live your dream life and inspire so many other people. Is there any last words of inspiration that you'd like to leave our listeners before we, we close this show? I, you know, Danielle, I always like to tell people to, to listen to their heart. A lot of times we get so caught up in the practicality and the logic and the, well, this is how it's always been done but there's something in your heart that says 
Maybe it says eat more plants. Maybe it says travel more. Maybe it says write a book. Maybe it says sell my house and get an RV. I don't know, but there's something in your heart that you're, that that's whispering to you. And I always tell people like, take a step back and listen. Don't worry about the logic, right? It wasn't logical for me to do any of the things I did, right? I was a daughter of a hunter, meat eating, you know, working, you know, great job with the white picket fence dream. And I've stepped out of that and really looked at what my heart wanted. And I would, I would never turn back. Everything that's happened has been a perfect step, next step to the next, the next illogical step that, that works out wonderfully. So if I can leave them with anything from an inspiration standpoint is listen and be willing to take the risk on yourself because nine times out of 10, it is the most amazing, amazing leap of faith ever. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. Okay. So where can people find you, find Veg Inspired, get connected with you, work with you, buy your books, all of that? Oh my gosh. So I'm a, I'm hugely social. I love to be social. I, you know, because I travel full time, I love connecting online. Definitely connect with me on Instagram. I also have a free Facebook community, Veg Inspired Healthy Habits for High Achievers. Uh, I can get you the link, but it's veginspired.com slash foodies get you right there. And I have, I share recipes, tips and tricks on eating more plants, healthy habits for high achievers, like really, really digging into what it takes to both be healthy, but also live that life of your dreams and leverage the power of food. So that's veginspire.com slash foodies. All the cookbooks are there. You can access me. I moderate both my own Instagram and the, and the group. So if you have a question or want to, want to connect and learn more, you know, I'm, I offer complimentary uh, calls as well. Well, I know I'm excited. I'm definitely going to be checking out these cookbooks because as I'm cooking dinner every night, I'm always thinking of, you know, unique ways. And I'm the type of cook or chef that I have to follow a recipe in order for it to come out. Right. So I'm excited. You have step-by-steps of what I need to do and what I need to get. Cause I'm not the type I can just like, Oh, let me just wing it. It always doesn't come out the way I need it to. So I'm excited to follow your recipes and check out your cookbooks. But Kathy, thank you so much for being on our show and have a great day. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. You have a great day as well. Awesome. Thank you.